Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Schaphorst. With me is Vinny Tadero. And uh, the Cowboys improved to 6-3 and three with a 49-17 shellacking of the New York football giants. A game that I was at. Um, I actually, This is the first game I ever left early because I didn't want to watch a whole quarter of Cooper Rush while I had a three-hour drive back to Austin. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty much blowout from maybe the second drive on. Uh, the first drive, I think we stalled in the red zone and then just kind of had our way. Um, got a couple... You know, and this is what we expected. I think both of us had us winning by twenty four plus, and um, but I did have a few few takeaways from this one. But what were your? Uh, we'll start with you, Vinny. What were your thoughts for on this game? Is there is it anything you know anything new that you gleaned out of this game, or is it just kind of checking the box? Well, Brandon Cooks finally showed up. That was it, yeah. yeah. And I don't know, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, after the fiasco with the 49ers, uh, Zach, pl- start, um, Zach, Dak started playing much better yeah. football. Um, now, after the Cowboys go out and sign Martavis Bryant, Brandon Cooks has a big game. Coincidence? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if Brandon Cooks, you know, I know that he – wasn't getting good ratings in terms of separation. Obviously, in this game, he did. Um, was it because they were playing the Giants? Was it because they integrated him into the game plan more? My best guess is that the guy needed a kick in the ass. I, I saw it as we were finally tapping into his skill set. And, and it, it, it's Why worth mentioning... Why ignored that all year, though? Because... Why? Why had haven't we called plays in a way that helps Dak Prescott up until before the bye week? Basically, before the bye week, we were calling plays terribly. I thought, and then since the bye week, it's been not perfect, but much, much better. I think that's kind of the same thing with Brandon Cooks. It's just taken a little bit longer. That that's my take on it because. All year long, we've been seeing Brandon Cooks. Like, there's, there's no, nothing that indicates he suddenly lost a step. He suddenly slower. Well, he wasn't getting separation, according to what I, I read. Okay, I buy according that. To analytics. He was not getting separation. I buy that to some degree, but I was also think, Yeah, but Gallup's never been a, a sep, real separator. I think with Cooks. We were asking, we were basically having him play like a Mike Williams type of role where it seemed like 90% of his routes that we were asking him to do were hitches. And, and that's fine. You can have him be a uh, settle down in the zone guy every once in a while. But if you don't combine that with deep routes and crossers and, and plays that get him moving and let him use his 4 3 speed, you're you're wasting him, and and that's how I saw them up until this game. That this this game, the 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 two plays that really excited me in this game. There was one where he lined up in a in the slot, 
and just ran straight down the middle of the field. Dak threw a dime, absolute perfect pass, and it was like a 40-yard play. That was the exact type of route that he ran all the time with the Saints and the Patriots. I think he, I want to say he had a 98-yard touchdown with one of those teams. I, I kind of forget which one now, <laughs> but but he had, but it was on that exact t- type of play where he's just flat out sprinting. Quarterback gets it right over his shoulder, and and I think he scores a touchdown in the other one. But the other one was he ran a corner route, and that was probably Dak's most impressive, maybe his most impressive throw of the year, because he's getting just pile-driven. He's he's getting destroyed by uh, Dexter Lawrence as he's throwing the ball, and he still drops it into a bucket like 30 yards downfield. But those are the type of routes you want Brandon Cooks to run. You also had him running some drags. He's done that a little bit before this game, but I, I don't remember outside of the double move where he where he uh, scored the touchdown against the Rams, which he had to vouch for, I should add. He, that wasn't McCarthy's idea. And I think there was that one play against the 49ers where he's matched up against uh, Fred Warner and Dak throws it out of bounds. Outside of those two plays, I don't think I can think of another target downfield he had all year, which is just a travesty for that type of... That the fact that we're not, we hadn't been using him more. So, I think it, it's a usage thing, and and like with the play calling, I just hope it continues because Ceedee Lamb. I mean, there's not much more you can say about him. He's at, as good as any receiver in the league right now. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, Tyree Kill is, it had been playing. He's slowed down a little bit, but he had been playing at a historical pace and cd lamb's like a hundred yards off him for leading the lead, the nfl and yeah. keep in mind that's with like there's a stretch where cd lamb just wasn't getting the ball at all right. he's getting like four to seven targets a game the last three games he's getting 10 plus targets and, and look at the results i i one stat i looked up today in game in the last Seven games that CeeDee Lamb has gotten at least 10 targets, the Cowboys are undefeated. And every game, CeeDee Lamb's topped 100 yards. So right. I think teams are going to... And again, it's the, it's the Giants. It, that, that bears mentioning. Like, the Giants are oh, they probably the worst it. team. Yeah. Already. Yeah, they are They're in full, full force going for the number one pick, I think. <laughs> Um, the fact that, they, that Tommy DeVito is, they allowed him to be a starting quarterback. Like, there's guys out there, like Joe Flacco, not, not, he might be retired, but you could find someone better than Tommy DeVito on the, the waiver wire. In, in the spectrum of backup NFL quarterbacks, you've got your, like, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett's, who are, like, very good backups, like, low-end starters even, then I think Cooper Rush is more like, you know, middle of the pack back, middle to high-end backup. And then you've got guys oh, like Ben. high-end. <laughs> I think for a backup, he's, you know, he's a lot he's better stuck. than, he's a lot better than Tommy DeVito. De- Tommy DeVito is in more well, closer. Tommy third string. Tommy DeVito is closer to Ben DiNucci than Cooper yeah. Rush. That That's all I'll say. And on top of that, the Giants' O-line is... 
They're not doing him any favors either. It's not like he's anything special, but you would never know because he's surrounded by absolute shit supporting cast and Saquon Barkley, who, who you know, isn't really, doesn't really have a chance behind that, that O-line. So... I think we we took care of business. I, you know, we should have won easily. We did win easily. Um, but yeah, the the inclusion of Brandon Cooks was by far my most the most exciting part of this this victory for me. And, and yeah, Dak has been. I I think you could argue that since. So I've I've looked at this now a couple of times. I mean, since the 49ers game, he's the number one grading quarterback by PFF by a fair fairly wide margin, in fact. And, and there's now even people talking about like, you know, with some other guys drop, you know, tailing off, is Dak Prescott going to get into the MVP conversation? I, I think it's way too premature to talk about that. But I will say this, I think since that 49ers game, the, the 49 the way I've seen I see this Cowboys season, the 49ers game was kind of this turning point where you had Dak playing like shit and the play calling was shit. Then you had the Chargers game where the play calling still sucked, but Dak was like, okay, I'm gonna go out firing. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can to keep us above water, even if I have to make it happen on third down because my coach is an idiot. And then finally against the Rams was when Mike McCarthy's like, all right, maybe I'm going to try and help my guy out by calling some first down plays for once. And, you know, the Eagles game, even though we lost, I think was still better than better than a lot of of games we've had in the past against good teams and still a sign of the play calling improving and then yesterday was just a continuation of that there there were some points where I thought uh, I thought we you know where we ran it on first and second down which I don't love pretty much ever (laughs) unless we've been throwing the ball very consistently on first down I just don't really ever want to see that or or if we're having like huge chunks of yardage in the running game there there was a point yesterday where i think we were running it mostly with rico dowdle very effectively and then we got into the red zone and we stopped running it and that was one of the rare points where i was like maybe we should just stick to running it it seems to be working and then i think the next play we threw dak through a touchdown so it was a moot point but yeah, the the overall play calling has improved dramatically, I think, since the since the bye week. One question I have for you, Vinny, because I'm kind of what do you think about the run game in general and, and Tony Pollard specifically? Because this is the first game where Rico Dowdle really a really got a lot of carries, and B clearly outproduced Tony Pollard in the way that Pollard would always outproduce Zeke for years. Yeah. Well, I would have had to. Um, I missed part of the game because I had a band rehearsal. 
And, uh, you know, the game last week I had to watch at a restaurant, so I didn't have the best purview. I just haven't been able to zero in. And what I'm trying to say is I haven't been able to zero in on these games as much as I, as I used to and yeah. as I would like to. Um, yeah. What I would say is that my best guess is that Tony Pollard is not 100%. Yeah. Uh, he came off a very serious injury, okay? And as did Terrence Steele and as did Michael Gallup. Now, we've seen, we know for a fact that Michael Gallup is not the same Michael Gallup, and it's been a long time now. So I think his career's in jeopardy. I don't think he's going to be with the Cowboys next year. I don't think he should be with the Cowboys next year. I think they should take get a cap savings and just let him go. Yeah. Um, Terrence Steele, scary situation because he's not – and yet they were saying – somebody was saying, well, it was only that one game against the Eagles and no, he had trouble. No, not like true. you said, he's had trouble all year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, he did he all right against player. the Giants, but the Giants have no one that that's a real player on the edge. So that, that doesn't Thibodeau matter. was a bust. He yeah, created exactly. a scandal. Kayvon right. Thibodeau, I don't know if you heard about this, the kind of scandal that he created. Did you hear about it? I don't think so. Remind me. I might have. But. Well, WFAN, which is the big sports yeah. thing here right, in, right. in New York area, um, and like I said, this media in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area is harder on their sports teams than oh, the yeah. media where you are in Texas. Oh, Jerry yeah. Jones would have been shot, okay, if he tried to do here what he's doing down in, in Dallas. He's getting away with it because of where he is. Um, but... No, there was a thing on, on WFAN where uh, Carl Banks was on the phone with a couple of the radio hosts, and they were going on about Thibodeau saying he's a bust, and Banks was defending him. You know, some players just mindlessly defend other players. You know, like Emmett Smith was defending Tony Pollard mindlessly. Yeah. You know, thank God Emmett's out of the league and not a coach or anything. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, they got so disgusted. I think they felt Carl Banks was just trying to. You know, um, you know, was just so biased because he had played for the Giants and had been a player. They hung up on him. Yeah. You know, which is a big deal. You don't hang up on Carl Banks. It's almost as bad as hanging up on LT in yeah. in New York. Um, and so it became a big thing. But Thibodeau is a bust so far. And I get, I know that Steele was blocking him at least part of the game. But getting back to your original question, I'm going a long way around here. Uh, no, Rico Dado was has 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 look like a superior running back to Tony Pollard this year. The Pollard hasn't looked bad, but he hasn't looked like the old Tony Pollard. Right. And like I said, I, I simply don't know. I'd like to see somebody or some or persons uh, who know more about the running position um, analyze him. Um, and let's find out. Is it the O-line? Is it, um, is it Tony Pollard? Um, I, don't, I can't give him any other excuses other than the O-line. But Rico Daddle's running better behind that O-line. He certainly ran better yesterday. Um, so I, my best guess is that Tony Pollard simply is not fully recovered from his uh, leg injury. Either that or he's just – the line just isn't hap doesn't happen to be blocking as well for him uh, this year as it did in previous years. Um, so – 
you know, that's that's a problem. And, you know, I was opposed to re-signing Gallup and Steele when they were injured. I was opposed to re-signing Diggs so early. Trevon Diggs is not going to come back at 100%. In fact, right now, okay, it looks like the guy starting in his place, Bland, is just as good or better. I was going to say... <laughs> And, and, you know, you've, you've committed all this money frivolously, and that's the Cowboys' problem, you know, is that they make mindless decisions. As bad as some of the coaching decisions might be, some of the personnel decisions are even worse, you know, and it's all about penny-pinching. It's all about, oh, we could save a little bit if we did this. We could save a little bit if we did that. Well, you know what? You don't win a Super Bowl like that, okay, especially if you're not very bright, which the Jones family is not. And, um, you know, they gave, they made Tony Pollard the franchise back. I don't know what's going to happen after the season, if they're going to give the I job to Rico Dowdle. You know, I think they need to use, a, you know, a set of maybe a third-round draft pick on another yeah. running back. And let's stop paying all this money to a position where you can get production for next to nothing. Rico Dowdle right. is playing for relative peanuts. Yep. And he's looking good. It's not like they're open, you know, it's not like he's not, he's not doing any, it's not like everything is just wide open for him. He's doing things on his own. Right. Now you look at the stats more closely than I do. Is Tony Pollard behind his usual standard when it comes to yards after contact or yards (laughs) after being hit or whatever? And there's different stats. Yes, dramatically so. By, By PFF, he's consistently been between like three point, I'd say 3.6, 3.6 to 3.7 yards per carry after contact has been his average outside of his rookie year where he didn't have as many carries. This year he's at 2.7, and okay. Rico Dowdle is at 3.2, which is not you know anything crazy either. Like I think Zeke was usually about like three flat, if if I recall. Um, let me find that out. Yeah, so that's huh. so Zeke Elliott last year was literally exactly the same at yards per carry after contact as Pollard, exactly two point seven zero. Yeah, I I mean I do still wonder if part of the issue is that we're using Pollard like we used Zeke as just a plunge up the middle type of guy, and, and that's not his style. Um, but I, I think... Hard to pay Dowdle, somebody that much money and have him not be able to run up the middle. Right, and and I think Dowdle is better at that. Like, the, the first drive of the game where we got stopped at the half-yard line, that was Tony Pollard kind of, like, proving the Zeke fanatics right in, on that particular play. Like, that's where you want a guy like Zeke Elliott. And I think pa, or, uh, Dowdle would have been more likely to get that in the end zone. But one thing I did really like in this game, besides the inclusion of Brandon Cooks and, and getting him on the move and downfield a little more, I liked seeing we had Dowdle as the running back and Pollard as kind of a a slot receiver almost. And we had one play where I think we did hand it off to Pollard and then a couple others, and he didn't gain a lot of yards, but others where we just ran it with uh, Dowdle. I'd like to see more of that where we, we, because Tony Pollard, he's never been this 
traditional. He was a he's a receiver in college. Let's not forget that. I think we are kidding ourselves. We're trying to make him into something he's not because we decide to pay him, and that was probably a flaw in our process. <laughs> but the best thing we can we can do with him is use him as kind of a chess piece and Dowdle as more of the every down run up the middle type of running back. That that's yeah. kind of what I'm coming to terms to believing because I, I don't think Pollard and, and I could be wrong, but I don't think Pollard is like that much less explosive this year. Like he still shows flashes of it. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just think we could I, I think Dowdle needs to be getting more touches. This is the first game Dowdle has had more than ten carries all season. I think mm-hmm. he needs to be at the minimum getting equal amounts of touches to Pollard, and I think we should lean into him a little more in short yardage and red zone situations. Whoever okay. yeah, whoever's more productive. I, right. I agree. I mean Dowdle so far has looked as good or better than Pollard. Yeah. Uh he was un, as you know, he's an undrafted free uh free agent rookie. He's not costing anything. Right. And um no, they gotta go with the hot hand. Uh, but Pollard Pollard's still productive. He's just not yeah. not what he was in previous years. And like I said, uh, like I said, my, my my opinion is that he's not fully recovered from that injury, and the Cowboys got to stop. The Cowboys got to stop putting so much faith in the me- their medical community. All right, it just not. They're just they're asking for miracles. Yeah, and it's just the same way they drafted Jalen Smith. Yeah, they were asking for miracles. Right. You know, uh, Jalen Smith never became the player he was in college. Um, I know he had one good yeah, season, one good but year, he yeah. never became the player he was in college. And you know, Sean Lee was a guy who they knew had a lot of injuries. Leighton Vanderesh was a guy they knew had a lot of injuries. And surprise, surprise, as pros, they were both hamstrung by uh, injuries. Now, Sean Lee was a better linebacker by far than Leighton Vanderesh. Oh, yeah. I. I, we don't we're not missing anything. Look, I know Van Der Esch and Goodwin got injured in the same game, and they're both out for a while. We don't miss them, and no. I hate the idea of keeping a guy around just because he plays special teams. Our special teams are fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marquise Bell is is playing way better than Van Der Esch has, even even yeah. with kind of a down game in the Eagle against the Eagles included. He's still playing much better. Um, and what was he was he, he and that you know I think part of that is just because he's hungrier. Yeah, he's hungrier. He's not getting paid. He looks around. Demarcus Lawrence is swimming in money, and Marcus Bell's saying, "I want that." <laughs> yeah, that's I'm sure that's part of it, and and the fact that he's you know he's an undrafted free agent like Rico Dowdle, like yeah, there's there's a hunger to just make the team and like you know. <laughs> Beyond, like, obviously getting a second contract and getting, you know, real NFL money is part of it. But to start, it's just like, can I be a professional for multiple years? And and I think he's definitely proven he can be. Um, I think, yeah, it probably hurts a lot to to sit there and watch 
three days of the draft and not hear your name called right. when you did have some renown coming out of college. Right. And then, you know, then you've got to, you, know, you could either fold and say, this isn't for me, or you could say, I'll, I'll show those people. Yeah. Right. Um, you know? a, a couple notes. And Damone Clark, you know, he had the. Yeah, he had a good game. No, I was just saying, yeah, Damone Clark, you know, he was, he had a, you know, a serious injury, Yeah. you know, and he fell quite a bit in the draft, and he had this, I think he had a spinal fusion surgery, um, but, uh, you know, he's been, he's, he's played pretty well for it. Yes. Yeah. You can't have a diamond in every position, um, and I do think linebacker is something that they could improve improve upon next year in free agency rather than just sitting on their hands although this year you know they didn't do much in free agency but they did make two two high money trades so that was an improvement and we've seen them paying off so hopefully that will nudge them toward the idea that hey we can take a chance on somebody else's player paying them big money and it'll pay off. So you just got to hope that Brandon Cooks doesn't sour them on that idea. Gilmore yeah. is somebody I think they need to keep. Yeah. Well, and, and I the the one downside to CeeDee Lamb's breakout is you got to wonder how much his price tag is going up. And, and the <laughs> thought of paying him and Micah Parsons— it's it's going to be both of them are going to be getting thirty plus million a year. I'm I'm thinking Ceedee Lamb, yeah, probably thirty one or thirty two million a year, and Micah Parsons probably thirty six, thirty seven, and it's just going to be about trying to lock them up for as long as possible, as little guaranteed, so you can spread it out and and be a little more flexible with the cap, but. Um, yeah, though C. Lamb's, he's he's go his dollar figure. I think if we had signed him this off season, probably could have gotten him for mid twenties. He is cleared thirty, no doubt at this point. Um, a couple other guys I want to shout on defense. First of all, you, you mentioned Deron Bland. Um, I, I thought of this today. I feel like Deron Bland is who Dallas most Dallas Cowboys fans think or have thought Trayvon Diggs ha- is the last couple years. Like, he is the legitimate ball hawk and shutdown cornerback that Trayvon Diggs isn't. Trayvon Diggs has never been as shut down as Deron Bland is this year. And, that, and that's including, like, Deron Bland, yes, he had the— he gave up a touchdown against the Eagles, which was— I don't think that was on him at all. That was just a beautiful ball, and he was in hey, great coverage. Dion gave up a touchdown in the Super Bowl against the Steelers. Right, right, and, and it's it's how you give up the like if if you're getting cooked on a double move like Diggs had been multiple times, and and Bland he did get beat twice on double moves against the Chargers, and and Herbert didn't make him pay, he missed the throws, but that's still the worst thing he's done all year but if you if that's your entire low light for the year you're you're doing a pretty damn good job and and on the season he's given up 21 catches for 226 yards on 43 attempts so less than 50 percent completion percentage he's got that one touchdown against him which again i don't think was a bad play by him it was more just a great throw and then he's got 
six breakups, five interceptions, which t- translates to a 32 passer rating into <laughs> his coverage. I, I mean, that's absurd. Like he, Three touchdowns. One touch, only one touchdown. Only one touchdown? Yeah, just the one to Devontae oh, okay. Smith. Um, oh, okay. I mean, even if you even if you added in like the absolute worst case scenarios on those two Keenan Allen plays, which would be like two more catches allowed for 120 yards and two touchdowns, like that's still a pretty good stat line. Like hey, he is look balling out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, and look, I remember Deion Sanders. I remember Deion Sanders getting beat by Chris Carter. You know, yeah. Chris Carter might have had six or seven catches. Deion Sanders got beat by beat up by Michael Irvin. Okay, mm-hmm. um, it happens. Yeah. You know, but you're right. Land is playing at a, a Pro Bowl level, and you know, and and I think considering the fact that Diggs is coming back off of an injury, which I can't, I just don't see him being a hundred percent next year. If ever, they need to keep Gilmore. You know, and I would draft somebody too. Yeah, cornerback, and and honestly, like it's worked out so far. But this is the reason you never can have too many cornerbacks. We could have had Joey Porter Jr., who, by the way, is balling out for the Steelers right now, and you know, it's worked out so far with Bland and with Gilmore, but. Past those two guys, I mean, Jordan Lewis is is kind of hit or miss. And if anyone gets hurt, we are royally fucked. Because our, I mean, Nation Wright got cooked by friggin' Tommy DeVito at the end of the game. That was, I, I watched the highlights. Yeah, he, That's the only reason I saw that. Um, he has no right being on the team. No, no. We uh, knew it when he was drafted. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm all for loading up on corners. Every Where's time. their it's prize rookie? Position. I, I was about to say. So Mozzie Smith actually had by far his best game as Three a Three tackles, one for a loss. Yeah, yeah. His PF, he had an 83 PFF grade. Um, now it was against the Giants. He had a decent game against the Giants week one. This was a better game. Um, Jonathan Hankins also had a good game, so maybe it's just their interior sucks and <laughs> anyone could, could show up. But still, for, for the season he's had, which is, to say, a just completely abysmal season, it, I'll, I'll take that win. Like, we'll, Hopefully he can build on it and, and improve. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, on the other hand, there is no... He, he did... I'll... I'll in my just absolute grasping for straws of positive things to say about him, he did throw a decent block on CeeDee Lamb's touchdown run. Yeah. But on the season... Well, he got in the way. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, not... I'm not, I'm not you know, throwing petals at his feet, but that that's the nicest thing I can say about him. Uh, the most truthful thing I could say about him is he's our worst offensive player by PFF grade. He is not even better than Peyton Hendershot as a run blocker, which is supposed to be his calling card. He's grading at 52, Hendershot's at 51.9. Like, those are the two worst 
offensive players we have by PFF grade. And, and I mean, Jake Ferguson, to his credit, he's having a, a great season. He's wow. much better as a run blocker than, than Shoemaker, which makes you wonder. 26 yards he had yesterday. Yeah, but still, I, I we didn't need him to show out, and we he, it's not like he was dropping passes. Like he is, I I feel very confident in him. I don't think Shoemaker, and and the thing is, like who you got to have two tight ends in some situations, so we're gonna be stuck with Shoemaker, and and this is like I, looking at his range of outcomes coming into the season, it was kind of the the Jake Ferguson of last year in my head but he's worse than that cuz he's a worse run blocker than Jake Ferguson was last year I'm pretty sure yeah Jake Ferguson better run blocker as a rookie much better receiver as a rookie Jake Jake Ferguson had some some play like you could see some flashes out of him as a receiver he would make some yeah. plays after contact yards after the catch Shoemaker dropped a two-yard pass, a little like, like the e, a freaking ten-year-old could could have caught that pass that he dropped, yeah. and then that that was the extent of his performance. And, and his confidence is probably down too. But you know that going back to the draft, you know it was a terrible draft. It was. I mean, yeah. you know, I I I did you know I I didn't want Mozzie Smith not that high anyway. Dalton Kincaid was the, the pick they should have made. If not, it should have been Mayer. Right. You, you need two tight ends. You're right. You need two tight ends. So Ferguson, whether the, whether Ferguson broke out or not, they were going to need somebody, and they wanted yeah. somebody because they took somebody in the second round. Right. Now in the second round, they should have taken Torrance, right. you know, and that would have solved their O-line problem. Now, there's something interesting. Now, I heard the announcers say that the Cowboys told them that they plan to keep Tyler Smith at guard. Which says to me they plan to keep. They think Tyron Smith's got more life in him. Seasons ahead, so you know. I mean, you, you hope you hope they're right because you're right. When Tyron Smith is on the field, he balls. He and he, he got he hurt in practice. Great week. Yeah. Well, and and the news this week is that they are. It sounds like they are planning to just rest him during the week, which he doesn't need to I'm practice. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised it took them this long to come to that conclusion, frankly. But, but yeah, yeah, I'm all for that. Like, that's not quite my my bubble wrap strategy of, of, just, exact thing, yeah. of just having him sit until we play a, a real team. But it's something. It, it's it's a step in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, Tyron Smith, again, for the second straight week, pitched a shutout, not a single hurry, quarterback hit, or sack allowed. Now, much easier competition than the Eagles, but still, like, he he balls when he... I think he's the number one graded offensive tackle in pass protection for the season right now. Like, he he's a, he's a badass, and... Um, yeah, so let's jump ahead to uh question is, you know, else. can he can he maintain this? And can he can maintain he it healthy. in the future seasons cuz it sounded as if they plan to stay, they want to stay the way they are because they've got that dominant left side where Tyler mm-hmm. Smith apparently is playing at a really high level at guard. Yeah. 
He did have a rough game in pass protection this week against uh, both him and and uh, Tyler Biotish. It, it didn't really matter in this game because we're you know Dak was getting the ball out soon enough, but I mean Dexter Lawrence kind of made a mockery of our our interior a little bit. Um, That's what we need a defensive tackle like Dexter Lawrence. Yes, yes, and and not to jump too far ahead, but uh, my buddy Tim has been waxing poetic about this uh defensive tackle named sweat from the from the university of texas our alma mater and from what it looks like he could be the next you know true like vita vea type prospect at that position like a a true one tech Tim, tim is saying that he's gonna be the next dexter lawrence i don't that's like saying a guy coming out is going to be the next Jerry Rice to me. Like Dex, what Dexter Lawrence is doing as a true nose tackle has not happened in the PFF era, and and I would venture to say it's probably never happened before. As a pass rusher specifically, there have been great nose tackles who have plugged the run, no doubt. But the pressure he is generating at, like, the position that's designed, basically, to not generate pressure is truly unprecedented. And, and it's it's kind of sad. I'm not that sad because it's the Giants. But as a fan of a great football player, it's kind of sad that his career seems to be getting wasted on a shitty team. I, I would love him on the Cowboys because, I mean— he is a transcendent player. Um, maybe, maybe they'll trade him if they're in rebuild. I, oh, they just signed I, him, I, he said. Yeah, I thought they had traded him to the Seahawks because the report when they traded Leonard Williams was that the Giants are trading their star defensive tackle, which I immediately think of Dexter Lawrence and, and is Leonard Williams instead. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um Next week we've got the uh, so so the Giants currently are in position to be the number two overall pick if if the draft happened today the number one team would be the Carolina Panthers who are the team that we face are they even week. worse so they have. I'm going to say no they are slightly better especially because. They have their starting quarterback. Now, he is a rookie, but he was the number one overall pick versus just some trash, you know, undrafted free agent. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say that the Panthers are a little better than the Giants with Tommy DeVito. I think if the Giants had Daniel Jones, they're probably better. But the Panthers are not a good team either. Yeah. they, I mean, they beat the Texans a few weeks ago, which is looking like a very impressive win now because the Texans are beating everyone. Um, this past week, they lost to the Chicago Bears, who were starting Tyson Bagent, a undrafted rookie quarterback. Um, yeah, the, the Panthers are pretty bad. It, it is in Carolina, and the Cowboys have done much worse on the road than at home um is it the late game uh it's a noon or one o'clock game your time oh god yeah okay and uh yeah i mean the panther there so 
Bryce Young is their quarterback, rookie quarterback. I did watch a little of his game against his week one performance against the Atlanta Falcons. And and I thought he looked okay for a while, but then he, he threw a couple bad interceptions. Um, I mean, he's, he's a rookie. He's playing pretty badly, but he's also got kind of a shitty O-line, not a lot of... Adam Thielen, who's like, you know, kind of at the tail end of his career, he is like by far their best player on offense right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of a mess of a team. It, they got Iki Aquanu, who's a second-year player. He's... I mean, he's better than like Evan Neal for the Giants, but he's he's... You know, nowhere near as this was one of those highly touted tackles, and he's been nowhere near as good as Tyler Smith has been. Certainly, um, he's actually coming off a couple a couple back to back decent weeks, so kind of hit or miss. Uh, Taylor Motten has historically been a pretty good player, but is is not doing too great this year. Um, and then defensively, they've got Brian Burns. That's that's one kind of star, if, if you want to call him that. Um, D, I'd say good edge rusher. Derek Brown, good defensive tackle. And, and our old uh, safety, Xavier Woods, is having a good year for them. But they don't have J.C. Horn. They, they really don't have any stars on their defense or offense. Um, the reason I say they're, I think they're a little better than the Giants is because by PFF grade, they are, they are better than the Giants, and that's it. They are sandwiched between the Giants and... and the Bears? They're, they're worse than the Bears, the, who, even though the Bears... Yeah, because the Bears beat them with their backup quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Bears have three wins. I, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Panthers. Now, here's here's the thing. This is the biggest difference I think between the Panthers and the Giants. The Giants are throwing their season away for a high pick. That that to me is pretty clear by the fact that they didn't go out and try and get a quarterback when Daniel Jones got hurt. Um, the Panthers have no reason to tank. They've got a, a rookie quarterback they spent the number one pick on. They're not going to get a quarterback. And even if they wanted to, they couldn't because they traded their first overall, what would right now be the first overall pick, is going to the Chicago Bears because they traded up to get Bryce Young. So they, they're really compounding their fuck-up if they tank the season and end up with the overall first overall pick and just hand it over to Chicago. Like they are trying to win if 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 nothing more than to give Bryce Young confidence, it's to not give away the first overall pick. Like maybe give away the fifth overall pick. So I think they will put up slightly more of a fight than the New York Giants, but I also just don't think they match up well with us at all. Um, I, I'm going to say 
Yeah, I, I think we win like 30, 30 to 13. That, that'll be my, my prediction for this one. Um, all right, I'm going to say... Let's say maybe they're due for a little bit of a letdown. So I'll say 28 to 17. Okay. I can see that. Um, I want to see if they have a uh, if they have a line yet on that. Because the Cowboys, this, this past game was the biggest line of the season, and we, we covered it. Um, yeah, I don't think it's out yet. Um but yeah, this should be another one that is a comfortable win, even though it is on the road. And then we've honestly the rest of the year after Carolina is, I would I'm going to say there's no cakewalks after that. We got Washington twice. That's probably the weakest team on paper, but it's divisional they give, games. They've given almost everybody a fight, though. Right, right. And and Sam Howell, like, going into the season, you had a bunch of these quarterbacks who were, like, total unknowns. You had Sam Howell, you had Jordan Love, you had Desmond Ritter. And Sam Howell has played way better than those other two. And... Yeah, so so Washington is not a team you want to completely look past. E- even if it wasn't a divisional game and and that whole thing, like they almost beat the Seahawks this past week. Um, they're they're a scrappy team. Then we have the Seahawks, who are currently a playoff team, and I mean in the NFC, like they're going to make the pl- the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. Then you've got I think the Eagles again. You got the Bills, you got the Dolphins. Bills are having a down year. Bill, Bills are struggling a little bit, yeah. Their, their defense is kind of crumbling. And then the Dolphins, Dolphins... <laughs> they're weird. They're they're a weird team, yeah. They got Rams, Jalen Ramsey back. Um, their offense is kind of bipolar. Like, they... I, I, honestly, the Dolphins, that's going to be a fascinating game to me because the Dolphins have been just unbelievably good against bad teams. It's kind of... I, I feel like the Dolphins and the Cowboys are a little bit the same in that we tend to beat up on the bad teams and just crumble against the good teams. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. We've got the Detroit Lions, and that might be it. That might be it. Dolphins, Bills, Eagles... Washington twice, Seattle. So yeah, the the Panthers like this is going to be our last, last hopefully easy game, at least really easy game of the schedule. Like we could, we should beat the the Commanders at least in both games, but divisional and all. But uh, we you never know. We we lost to the Cardinals. You know this. Hopefully we don't repeat that. And hopefully Dak keeps uh, keeps chugging along. McCarthy keeps calling plays well, and and we keep the momentum. So, so did, did you see? Because I didn't mm-hmm. see it. Did you see the play where um, Mozzie Smith actually made a tackle for a loss? Yeah, I, I think he made two in a row. Actually, like two. I don't know if maybe they didn't credit him for one as like the main guy. In the box score was one. Yeah. Yeah. They, 
PFF gave him, I think, two stops for the game. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, he he looked good in run defense. He 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 had a couple plays in uh, where, where yeah yeah and uh, it's more the product of the Giants' terrible O line. Probably, probably, but still, that it's. <laughs> Take take the the wins when they when they come. He so he had two two stops and and that's a like a I think a tackle where it's considered like a a failure of a play based on the down and distance. So he had two stops in nine run defense snaps against <sighs> the Giants. Well, if they're Before, not playing him much, they don't think much of him. Yeah, well, yeah, he played 25 snaps, which that was the oh, most... 25, okay. That's overall, nine run snaps okay. it, it was what he had. Um, but before that, yesterday against the Giants, he had three defensive stops on 63 run defense snaps. So much higher stop percentage uh, last last game. So... You know, we'll we'll see. Again, the Panthers are not like if you want to say the Panthers have a strength of an O line, it is their offensive tackles. Their interior is pretty pretty weak. They don't have anyone who's like truly horrendous, but they're you know just below average type of NFL starters. So Mozzie should have another good game. Is is if he wants to continue the momentum and, and show that he's an actual capable contributor. I wouldn't even say starter at this point, a, a capable, useful contributor. He should have another, another game like that, but we'll see. Um, and we will break it all down next week after the Cowboys. I just, play want, the- I just want to say yeah. that I do have a fear that this might be a trap game. Yeah. I I could see that. I mean, you. I didn't see the Cardinals game coming at all. Um, and again, the the Panther. The the thing is, though, I don't. I think if there was a scenario, I could see. I could see they've got this rookie receiver Mingo. I could see him popping off out of the blue with with a big game. Uh, like I'm thinking of last year against the Packers, it was kind of this situation where like they hadn't shown anything all year in their passing game, and then Christian Watson comes out of nowhere, and and he's the type of receiver that would do that because he's explosive, fast. Like I don't see Adam Thielen just destroying us. Like I think Diggs and and Bland can can contain him. He's not that explosive. He's a good route runner, but he's old. He's not that explosive. But someone like Jonathan Mingo, if there was, or, or DJ Chark, that's another guy. Those would be the type of players that I could see showing up. But ultimately, the, the thing is, they're they're like the Rams. They're like the Giants in that their O-line is prohibitively bad. You could maybe say that about the Cardinals too, though. So, But the difference is, I think Josh, Josh Dobbs is light years ahead of Bryce Young as an NFL well, I was quarterback. I going to say, I like Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is playing well this year. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, I, I liked him with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was somebody who, you know, had he become a free agent in the off season and was willing to accept the backup role, I would have jumped all over him. But now he's okay. settled in in Minnesota, and who knows? He might be the starter for a while there now. With Kirk Cousins having a bad injury and being up there yep. in age, it might be Josh Dobbs' time. Yeah, he'll get a. I, I bet after this year, he'll get a bridge starter type of role with some team. Um, but yeah, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is a. You know, he's he's like probably in the range of like Sam Howell where he's like a below average starting NFL quarterback but not terrible Bryce Young is terrible he right now (laughs) and and granted he's not in a good situation so I think he would look better if he was on a team like the Houston Texans for example uh but but he's I mean he's playing like Zach Wilson or uh P.J. Walker, like, you know, the dr- absolute dregs of the NFL right now, and, and I I can't see him beating us, but you never know. It, it, any given Sunday in this, uh, in this here football We must league. have been loving it. You were there for such a blowout. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was the second real blowout I've been to. I, I saw them beat the Falcons – Two years ago, forty-three to three, and um, yeah, no, it was it was nice. I did the only the only time I really blew up the entire game was when Luke Schoonmaker dropped a pass two yards away from him. Um, yeah, I, I got a little peeved at that. I wasn't even that upset when we uh, failed the fourth down in the red zone. I, I was. It was that was more of like me reflecting on my my priors about running backs and and Tony Pollard and things like that and, and uh, thinking that maybe I need to change my tune on that. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty much a beat down from from then on after that. Oh, if they threw it, they would have gotten it in. Probably or or just a Dak read option. That that was the play I was thinking of. Like fake it to Pollard and then Dak. Well, like I, I don't think I can ever remember that play call where you do the read option and then Dak runs it where he hasn't scored or, or like run in untouched. Like I feel like that's our cheat code that we can use whenever we choose to. And and if teams start to stop it, you can just change it to like one step and throw like as long as the o-line doesn't get too far downfield to where you get illegal man downfield then yeah i anyways i think that'll do it for this week uh but thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week to talk about the cowboys and the panthers until then